Welcome to the Radio 191 FM podcast. And we are very, very fortunate this morning to be joined by Esther on the line. How are you, Esther? I'm, I'm really good, thank you. And yourself? I'm very good, thank you. I've actually... I've been playing a bit of words with friends on, uh, um, and, uh, sorry, on Facebook Messenger, and I'm getting my ass handed to me. So it's not the best morning, but uh, apart from that, it's good. <laughs> nice. It happens. Now, uh, it's a very exciting time for us in Aussie Forty, as you've got your show coming up on the fifth of May at Dive Bar. But it's it's a long-awaited show. You had a lot of uh, date shuffle rounds. How have you been working around the tour with the the COVID uh, reshuffling of the dates? Yeah, it was um, it was all a little bit up in the air for a while, just with the COVID situation. But um, luckily, I've got a great team of people that um, helped make sure that we could do the dates just kind of four, four or five weeks later on. Um, and also, the venues have been really accommodating. So, yeah, just so glad that I can still come and. Um, play in, in Otipoti and um, elsewhere in the South Island. Awesome. I guess that's something I haven't really thought about. The The reshuffling of dates is such a logistical nightmare because there'll be other, there might be other bookings that you have to push back. Uh, did it yeah. mess up um, anything that you want, say, like was there something else you are supposed to be doing on the 5th of May that you <laughs> couldn't make in, instead because of the reshuffled dates? Luckily not. Um, and it's, it's it's even more complicated because, um, you know, like there's my awesome band that I'm going to be touring with and they also have their schedules and stuff. So it's definitely hard once you've once you've um, confirmed a tour to reschedule dates because there's so many elements that go into it. Um, and I was just really lucky that people were willing to um, kind of like shift things around and accommodate accommodate the new the new situation because yeah it would have been really disappointing to not get to come and play yeah yeah absolutely and i think that there's so many moving parts isn't there you must for solo artists or like djs it must be a bit less of a headache but with your whole band as well Mm. they must be very very accommodating that's awesome i'm glad you mentioned the band because i was going to say it is such a talented group of musicians both you and everyone that you play with with members of from Brockleflower, trinity roots french rabbits is that an issue when you are like planning a tour or planning practices is that because there's so many moving parts and so many busy people how do you fit yeah. it all in yeah they can be really busy um because they do have other projects that you know and sometimes things get booked out six months in advance and then they're like oh can you do this show and they're like oh no we've already got this tour oh man planned. <laughs> so um <laughs> Yeah, so I tend to um, just personally try and scale my show so I can do a solo show. Um, it's a different, it's a different experience, but like I definitely give it a hundred percent still. Mm. And um, you know, I just kind of like work around what's possible because as a touring musician, especially in the time of COVID, like. A, a live show is a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of do whatever I can to make it happen. Um, yeah, and so we've we've found ourselves in situations where, um, like, we've had to scale back the band, or I've even done a solo show, which mm. is kind of was my original, my OG format anyway. Like, it was yeah. just me and NPC and a bunch of instruments. Um, but so happy because we can all make it down to Dunedin <laughs> together, which is just <laughs> the ultimate. 
So yeah. <laughs> do you when you do end up doing solo shows? Does it remind you of, of those days when it was just you? Do, do you miss that at all? It's interesting because I hadn't done a solo show for like two years up until the start of January, where I was doing like a few festival shows solo, mm. and um, it did it was it did remind me of yeah how how I used to tour because I've done so I've done hundreds of solo shows all around the world um and I like I I I don't mind playing solo like I I really enjoy it but I also um get such a high from sharing the stage with um, my band and like being able to bounce energies off other people um so yeah like doing doing the solo shows was definitely a little bit nostalgic yeah yeah. I, I can imagine because it must be hard. Well, for me, I, I think it'd be hard to, if it was just me on stage, to convey the energy that I want to to the crowd. But when there's other people there, it's so much easier to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like your energy directs differently. I find if I'm if I'm on stage alone, I'm directing my energy to um, to uh, what are the what inanimate objects? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like things that aren't alive, and also and also the audience. Yeah. Um, whereas with the band, like, um, yeah, it's really interesting. It's just it's just kind of interest, like different energy dynamics and stuff. But I think, um, I think that people, you know, it's it's fun to see music realised with all its different parts mm. when it's manifested in different people. Um, so, yeah, I think seeing a band, like, you see, oh, that's the drums, that's the keys, that's <laughs> the, um, like, that's the harmony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas solo, I try and just channel stuff, like, more for movement, uh, like, just so people don't get bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be very hard to be bored at one of your shows this year. Um, you mentioned yeah. earlier the uh, the festivals you played uh, over the summer, and you've had an excellent run uh, this summer playing Splore and Newtown Fest. Do any of those festivals stand out? Yeah, I've had. A, um, I actually played um, a festival had I hadn't been to. Twisted frequencies in January, and I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Um, but it was just such a beautiful location. I think um, it's next to like a big river mouth in in Golden Bay, Tarsica, and yeah. I just took like a van down and um, ended up travelling around the Golden Bay, Tarsica area for a couple of days because sometimes when you're in that, you know, when you're in a different part of the country, it for a show it makes sense to capitalise on that and Absolutely. some of the natural landscape so that was a real highlight just being able to go to that area of New Zealand and um, explore like we went to some really beautiful places like yeah. Whanganui Inlet and stuff so that was a pretty big highlight um, and in terms of festivals like yeah I I love festivals and I also love really small intimate shows where yeah. like you know the audience might be at a hundred cap or whatever, but um, there's just like a in, in, really incredible intimacy and, and sorry, intimacy and energy in the room. So mm. some of my um, highlight shows probably from this tour have been um, small, like the smaller ones. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess it's as as you play more and more, you'll be playing to bigger crowds too. So I guess it'll 
it's something that you might not uh, appreciate as much either because as you get more popular you'll be playing to bigger crowds more frequently yeah I mean throughout my career like I've it's been a huge kind of spectrum like I've I've played in front of crowds of like seven eight thousand people by myself on stage and then I've played to rooms of like 25 30 <laughs> depending <laughs> on where I am and like you know the uh, yeah how many people have come and what the context is so um like it's never a given like how many people are going to be in an audience but I always it's interesting like I all my expectations are always to do with the energy as opposed to the um number of mm. people if that I, makes sense yeah and I think um, that's a good way to, to look at it too isn't it because if you if, say you're expecting a big crowd and you arrive and there's say 40 people there you're already disappointed that might affect your show but if you're just if that's not even a consideration you're going to have a good show regardless which is I think a good way to to look at it yeah it's so it's so um, important to like I think as a musician because there are so many expectations you can set yourself like oh I want this amount of you know like when it comes to metrics and numbers Mm, but like to me that um, I try and just like yeah even though obviously that affects everyone and I'm definitely not like immune to it it's Mm. like I try and just um, not let that kind of sway my my experience of of making and creating and sharing my music because um, I I just love doing it Uh, perfect I mean that's 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 such a cool thing to hear from a um, from a musician, you know. That <laughs> I guess you're doing it because you love to do it, not because you want to have a hundred million streams on Spotify or whatever, or to have five thousand people at a show. Yeah, excellent. So, uh, just one final question before uh, before you go, Estia. You started off making your music uh, in your bedroom, just on a, a Wii controller device. How has that process changed now? Do you still go back to make the scratch tapes of songs like that, or is it a more collaborative process with the band? So this last album, Archetypes, um, that I released in January was much more of a collaborative process and involved a lot more kind of instrumentation um, and people coming in and playing like drums and Mm. bass and cello and all this kind of stuff that then got layered. I didn't use the MPC for this, last album much um, whereas like all the other material that I've released has mainly been kind of beat based NPC work mm. um, but it's just meant that I think it's translated really well to the live show because there's so many textures um, that came from collaborating with musicians and that all gets that's all really fun to manifest live mm. um, and so the process has changed but I'm kind of always switching up my processes so like for the next project that I do I don't know if it will stay like it is it might you know revert back somewhat or it might take a completely different direction but um, yeah live it's pretty awesome Wicked. Well, I look forward to, to seeing you. If you if you listener uh, want to see Estia live as well, fifth of May at Dive Bar. If there's anyone who's on the fence, Estia, do you mind sharing a few words on why they should go to the show? You should come to the show because uh, I believe it is 
something special and unique and me and my band give it a hundred percent our all and um we've also got a great local artist opening for for us called neve strang oh yeah she's wonderful great yeah yeah so it's just like it's just i think it's going to be a powerful night of performance and i'm i'm really stoked to be able to to come to dunedin because i love dunedin so Oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure it will be an absolutely fantastic night. Uh, a mm. fantastic night. I've had a lot of friends who have seen you live there, and it's always been glowing reviews. So oh, I look you. forward. Well, you know, you put in the work, you put in the mahi, and it, you're reaping the rewards. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much for coming on to talk to me. Uh, it's been wonderful to chat, and uh, good luck with the, the next few days and the show at Dive Bar. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. No trouble at all. Anytime. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. <laughs> that was Esther. Uh, you can, if you missed that interview or just started listening halfway through, you can check it out. Uh, in a couple of days, it'll be up on Spotify. Here is a track of her LP she released uh, in January called Archetypes. Definitely go check it out. She is an incredible musician with an incredible band. It'll be a show not to miss. This is Mad About Your Sea by Esther. You're listening to 91FM on The Breakfast Show. Keep it locked. And and keep it locked. <laughs> I knew I had to be so careful The first time I met him He spoke of the Mediterranean And it was like he had it inside Oh, there's something bad about you, see So gravitation, though, it pulls me This was a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.